0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: I've tried every diet under the sun. We would have guests on and I would try every single diet they recommended. And at some point we were like, so what is the end goal? Like the podcast almost made us face our own fate. Maybe what we've been doing isn't the right thing to be doing. Maybe let's, let's heal from this.
2: Hey everybody and welcome to RealPod. I'm Victoria Garrick, former D1 athlete and mental health and body image advocate. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you awesome guests, weekly inspiration and the realest conversations around everything and anything. Now let's get real. Welcome back to RealPod everybody. It's your host Victoria here. I don't know why I'm feeling like it's been a while since we last connected. I know it's only been a week, which is what we do every single week, but for some reason, I feel like it's been a while. But anyways, I'm happy to see that you're back. Thanks for joining. This conversation today is truly relatable, hilarious, vulnerable. I'm hyping it up, but it deserves all the hype because our guests today are two of the most funny and honest women that I've come across, especially who are open to having these conversations about body image and diet culture. And I am so, so grateful that they took the time to come have this conversation with us today. Sitting down on RealPod is Aileen and Sammy, the co-founders of Betches, a female-focused media company with millions of followers worldwide and also the hosts of popular podcast Diet Starts Tomorrow, Woo which I was actually on their podcast. So check that out if you want to get the full collab. And now look, I'm sure you're like, wait, it's called Diet Starts Tomorrow, but Vic, we don't diet. Yes, 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 don't worry, I'm with you, let me explain. So Aileen and Sammy started their podcast, Diet Starts Tomorrow, as a way to document their numerous attempts to lose weight. However, through their dieting journeys, The two of them discovered there was actually nothing wrong with them or their bodies, but instead everything wrong with society and diet culture. Snaps. That's the revelation we're waiting for. That's the revelation we all want. And in this episode, we explore everything from their first body image issues to ultimately debunking how they broke free from diet culture and obsessive weight loss altogether. Before we jump into this episode, I want to give a special shout out to the happy boy who left a review titled Overflowing Positivity with Five Stars. He wrote, I listen on Spotify, but I had to come over here to give the five-star rating. This podcast is genuinely such a positive listening experience. I came from YouTube videos and have stayed to enjoy Victoria talking about tons of different real topics that we all deal with, like mental health and body image. Love the show. Keep up the good work. The happy boy. Thank you so much for this five-star review. It makes me even happier that you're a Spotify listener, but you went to iTunes to leave me a rating and review. I see you on the dedication. Thank you, the happy boy. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen. It means the world to me. And that also goes to each and every one of you who are listening right now. Thank you so, so, so much for supporting RealPod. If you want to leave a rating or review, you can head to iTunes. It takes just a few seconds and I would be so grateful to read your review and hopefully shout you out on next week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts so you get that automatic download every single Wednesday. Without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Diet Starts Tomorrow's Aileen and Sammy. I'm pumped to be with you guys, but also to interview podcasters. I feel like it's so refreshing. And also we've all been yo-yo dieters. So, so much in common.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. We could list
2: like the calories on anything if if anyone (laughs) wants. (laughs) When I was looking at your accounts, I was just thinking of like, when does this all start for us? Because the dieting, I think we can think about, it goes back to when we're in middle school and high school. And it just seems like I came out the womb counting calories pretty much. So I wanted to ask you guys, if you could remember like the very first time you were either self-conscious about your body or learned that dieting or calorie counting was a thing. I think my, my like earliest
0: really traumatic memory about this is, you know, in school when they would have like the health day and they would like weigh you. I was in, I think it was fourth grade. And I was over a hundred pounds. I was specifically 104 pounds. And I like remember, like, and like, I, I know that like all the other people, like, you know, I, I remember like, you know, the other like girls were like 60 pounds, like 70 pounds. And I remember feeling like, oh my God, like there's three digits here. And then I remember after school going like grocery shopping with my mom, unrelated to the, the weight, but I remember like saying to her, saying that I was this many pounds and like knowing that that was like bad for, for whatever reason. And then I remember looking around the, the grocery store thinking like, what's healthy um, that will make me not the heaviest person I know. And that is the first like real memory of like my weight and feeling like I have to react to this by restricting in some way.
1: Yeah, mine is also like kind of a. It's there's a difference between like when you realize maybe you're ch- a little chubbier, or like people are making a big deal of you being chubbier, versus like when you oh shit maybe oh when I change the way I eat, people react differently in a, in like a positive way. Yeah, like I have I come from a super Russian family, and so they're like really blunt. <laughs> So like my late great uncle, I remember we were at, we were sitting at my grandma's. I was really young, like really, really young. I don't know how old I was, but really young. And he just made some joke about how I was like overeating or something. And I like remember leaving the table crying, but I don't know why I was upset by it, but I knew I should have been offended by it. Right. So that's one. And then like, Fast forward, not that much later, I don't think, because I know I know, I was still very young, but I did this like Poconos getaway, summer getaway with my grandma. And I remember that she was like very full of life, always like maybe the best food and everything. But I remember like, I don't know if it was my mom or someone was like, maybe just have one cookie. So I only like ate one cookie for my desserts. I remember they were like those fake Oreos. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Look like sort of flower. Primo's. I don't know what they were like probably from the Russian store, but like I would like open them and I would eat them so slowly. And just to give you reference for how young I was that summer, I like wrote to Lisa Frank. I remember. (laughs) (laughs) And like hoping she would write me back. So. Yeah. And so then I remember at the end of the summer, like I think my mom or my other grandma said like I lost weight. I think that was the moment because I really I was so little because I, I remember seeing a photo of myself and I was holding a stuffed animal.
2: Vivid memories from Aileen right now. But I <laughs> but I love it because it does scar you. I My moment was when my someone said to me, oh, you look really lean. And I was like 10. Right. And and I was like, what is lean? And they were like, oh, well, lean means skinny. And then I connected the dots of, huh, like when I look skinnier and I don't eat as much, I get compliments. And even with the, uh, the health day thing, Sammy, yeah. first of all, how like counterintuitive was that day? Because it started just a toxic journey for you. But did they do the yes. thing with pizza where they took the napkin on the pizza grease and they were like, all these calories you can take off of your pizza. That was our health day. (laughs) Oh, my mom
0: taught me that. They didn't (laughs) teach me that in school.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: My yo-yo dieting mother who, I mean, she had the same struggle as I did. And she like inflicted, I don't want to say she like inflicted on me because like she never made me feel bad about how I looked, but she did make it clear that like we diet, we lose weight because we're never thin enough. And Now I sort of realize I'm like, oh, you were just as like, your mindset was just as toxic as as anybody's, even if it wasn't like so critical,
2: you know? Right. And my mom taught me a lot of stuff too. And it's similar, like never with malintent, but that's their, their generation grew up in the thick of this diet culture on the slim fast on all. My mom had to go to Weight Watchers when she was like 10. I think she was brought there by someone. And so, you know, you can't blame them. You just have to date it back to you know, the patriarchy. (laughs) Lately, I've been doing my best to shift to a more plant-based wellness lifestyle, and that's why I am so excited to tell you about Aura Organic. Aura Organic is a plant-based organic nutrition company with everything from protein powder and pre-workout to ingestible beauty supplements. They care about making healthy living, fun, accessible, and easy while harnessing the earth's most powerful plants to transform your health. Aura Organic prides themselves on trying to provide the cleanest nutritional products around and they've actually gone the extra mile to prove it. Every single one of their products is third party tested for heavy metals and purity. And all of these test results are available to the public on their website. On top of that, their products contain no hidden ingredients. Each product page on their website allows you to look through every single ingredient on every product and see exactly what purpose that ingredient serves. I wanted to tell you about Aura Organic's crash-free and jitter-free pre-workout called Renewable Energy. It's USDA certified and contains 90 milligrams of caffeine all from a balanced blend of organic green coffee bean, matcha green tea, and yerba mate. Renewable energy contains adaptogens to help support focus, endurance, and stress relief. My favorite part is that they are non-jittery and they're crash-free. I mean, it's so important when you're trying to get that energy. And to get even better, it comes in three delicious chef-crafted flavors. We love that. Beet pomegranate, raspberry lemonade, and ceremonial matcha, which has been my favorite. Head to www.ora.organic and start your wellness journey today and take 15% off your first purchase when you use code REALPOD at checkout. But that's not all. If you decide to purchase a subscription, you'll receive an additional 20% off, totaling 35% off when you use code REALPOD at checkout. So head to www.ora.organic today and use code REALPOD. How did this develop for you guys then as you went into high school? Because it sounds like we all had this like middle school experience. It just
1: continued. I don't like <laughs> I I don't think it it, it didn't really it was it, it, there was no like point in which it got worse. It just continued. I think it was probably the worst worst in, in middle school because I remember like discovering like and message. I think I've talked about this in diet starts tomorrow. There was like a point of of where I remember discovering that if I drink diet Coke and just like turkey slices, that like, I won't be hungry through the day. And I remember like getting, I know I have very specific memories. I remember getting on my like Apple computer, like after school and like aiming. I remember your Apple
0: computer. You had the cool one.
1: Yeah. I typed it to my friend. I was like, guess what I figured out today. And like, that was completely normal. Right. Because we were all like Trying to lose weight, and that's what we were reward like there was no oh, that behavior is questionable right. like no one like no one ever said that like oh, I remember going to like the lunch and you have you have to order the wrap because the sandwich question mark is <laughs> more unhealthy, like such you a know, lie. all this crazy shit stay away from the grill food because that's where the fries and the mayo is, like <laughs> you know like that kind of stuff, and it just developed because. We were around the same people and we did the same things.
0: Yeah. I had like my first like big weight gain in, in high school and my first big weight loss in high school. Like even when I was in Weight Watchers, like the first time I wasn't like so overweight, but I did gain like a ton of weight in high school. Probably like the the most I ever weighed was then. And then that was my first weight loss. And then I repeated that like weight loss process probably three additional times maybe four between then and now. And you know, it's funny. I was actually thinking this morning. So I had one of those like big weight losses in college too. And I was thinking how much, how like excited I was to return to college with my big weight loss and like, what will change? Like, will the frat boys like me? Like all this, (laughs) like, like I'm just thinking like, wow, that is I don't bl- like, I don't blame me. And I was, you know, I had, I got this picture in my head specifically of an outfit that like these jeans that I could like literally, I got into them one time, like with like a, <laughs> <laughs> with like a tucked in leotard, like bodysuit. And I just had that, that picture just flashed into my head for some reason, like yesterday
2: and thinking like, oh, I, that felt so good. Like that time I got into the jeans. That's the thing is it's branded as once you lose this weight or once you are skinny, then your life will start. And the other thing too, on this thing of like moms is I've heard moms be like, Oh, I've never told my child to lose weight. I've never told my child that they had to change or diet. And then the follow-up question is, okay, well, what do you say about yourself and your body and what you eat around your child? Because we see our parents or people we look up to looking in the mirror saying, Oh, I look this, I look that I can't eat dinner now, whatever. And then we internalize, Oh, you think that, but you look great. So what should I, should I eat my dinner? Yeah, no, it's right. It's totally like, gets in your
0: head these like automatic assumptions about food. And because food is something that you literally can't escape, it is necessary for survival. It's not something that like a mom can even fake because like you have the relationship you have and your kids watch you because you're basically God to them and they absorb all of it. Right. And like we said, we can't blame them because of like what they
1: grew up in. That's what they were told. That's what like the culture was. There was no anti-diet culture (laughs) Um, when they were growing up. It's either like who can be the thinnest mom on the block. And now though, like as, as somebody who I'm still trying, like I tell my mom these days that she's beautiful every time I see her so that she would just stop talking about losing weight, like still. And on top of that, now my mother-in-law, who I also love, like, she's now my own mother. I'll have, it's like two. I have two of them. <laughs> and I can't, I, but I can't be as free to talk about that stuff. But it's like, maybe it's my mother-in-law. Yeah. But we, I grew up in the same town as Sammy, my husband. So everybody's from the same town and the same exact habits. <laughs> and it's it's really crazy to see. But I feel thankful that I'm slightly out of it. And I know exactly how to, you know, like, Thwart the comments so they don't get in.
0: Just you know? to talk about how much we like did grow up around each other, Aileen's mother-in-law was the camp nurse at my camp the first year I was there. Oh my gosh. So, so we are all like working with the same influence. You
2: <laughs> married a little, your little hometown sweetheart. That is great A cuteness. Honestly, the comment about wanting your mom or those people in your life to realize their beauty. I totally feel that because we've made these changes, right? Like we've evolved. You guys have a ton. I mean, first of all, it is pretty hilarious that your podcast is called diet starts tomorrow because any compulsive dieter knows that every day, every night you're like diet starts tomorrow. And then it's the next day and the next day because it never works. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I mean, at the same time as diets are tomorrow is like kind of it brings up like bad things. It also, the reason that it is so, it sticks is because that feeling actually feels good. It's like, I can have as much as I want now and I will be thin in the future. It's like all your like worst habits and your biggest hopes combined into one phrase.
1: Oh my God. I was thinking about this today, this exact thing today about like how diet the, the, this allure of your diet starting later, not today. It like today I was thinking about a salad I ate once (laughs) and (laughs) you guys have a lot of thoughts today. I I love it. What was I need, I need to recreate those ingredients. It was so good and delicious. And I was thinking about that in my head. And I was like, yeah, I could do that another day. Like I'm not going to order the ingredients now, but, and then I went and I ordered pizza (laughs) and it was just like this exact, it was so perfect. And I was like, this is why we say diet starts tomorrow, not because I'm like thinking about starting a diet. It was just like this fantasy of like eating the salad versus what I really wanted was pizza in that moment. It was like, who could I be versus who I am? And it was just, I laughed. I was so happy that I could laugh at myself in that moment and then like look forward to that salad one day.
2: (laughs) But that comes because we glorify the salad as this better version of you and the pizza as this shameful, no self-control willpower version of you because we're demonizing foods, right? And we're uh, praising others as opposed to just looking at food like, yeah, there's different nutritional value important to consider. But if you have a pizza, this isn't the loser version of you.
0: Right. It's, it's just you, like, it's normal to want like a variety of things.
1: But the key though, in it is like, is realizing that maybe you're still recovering. Like, so if you have disordered eating history, like us, the key is to, that's why I'm saying I was so happy and grateful that I could laugh at myself in that moment because it was a, it was a moment of like realizing that I am still in this like recovery phase. And had I been In a previous mindset maybe in that moment i would have like felt guilt for eating that pizza or like i would have been like chastising myself for not making and ordering a salad you know instead of being like i really want this pizza clearly and there is no there is no like there there's no glory in in eating a salad it's just like oh i remembering how good it was tasted Yeah, maybe realistically, I'm not gonna make it again. I can order it because that was the original way that I got that salad in the future,
2: but I can enjoy this pizza now. Dealing with our problems can feel overwhelming, but just because the pandemic has turned our lives upside down does not mean you have to let the new normal of stress and anxiety be your normal. Talking to a therapist is a great first step, and you all know how much I love therapy, specifically TalkSpace, which I wholeheartedly recommend. You can sign up for Talkspace online and start therapy the same day you sign up. You can text, video, or send voice messages to your licensed therapist. So it's incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions right from the cozy comfort of your home. There are thousands of licensed therapists with a variety of specialties like depression, anxiety, substance abuse, trauma. I loved the therapist I was matched with. She was so helpful. Kind and kept me accountable with my progress. And also listen to this. Not only is TalkSpace a fraction of the cost of in person therapy, but you can send unlimited messages unlimited messages to your therapist 24 seven, and they engage with you daily five days a week. I am such a huge, huge advocate for therapy. And I am so excited to let you all know that as a listener of this podcast, you will get $100 off your first month of Talkspace. So don't miss out to match with a licensed therapist today. Go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code REALPOD to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's realpod and talkspace.com for $100 off your first month. On the note of recovery, when did you both have that epiphany or that slow change to where you are now? Because the show started you know, deep rooted in diet culture and those diets. And now it's totally evolved to the opposite message, you know, which I love. And it's, it's something I bet there's people listening right now who are yo-yo dieting and they're, they're doing all these things now and are curious, like, what was it that helped open your eyes?
1: Um, I could share mine real quick because it, I mean, I, th- I think Sammy's also basically the same, but it like happened at the same time. But mine was at the beginning of quarantine, but also post my wedding diet. So those two things converging made me like have this, this like low point because I did, I did, I got married in August of 2019. I lost a lot of weight for the wedding specifically for my wedding. Yeah. I re but over a year. So it wasn't like a crash diet of any kind. I like real, I worked with a nutritionist, like a dietitian and I like lost weight over a long period of time. And it was a significant amount for me because I'm five feet tall. And I got to a number that again, I thought that I would never see, you know, that bullshit. And then after that, I I started gaining weight. And I was like, this is bullshit. Like I did everything right. like. I even, I remember going to like my trainer and being like, I really hope it stays this time. And it didn't. And then as it converged with quarantine, I felt so out of control. I was so stressed out. And I was like, why am I stressed out? It wasn't because I was scared to get sick. I was scared of gaining weight. And it was like these two moments coming together. And I was like, if I can't, if I can't sustain weight loss after this, like, healthy quote unquote way of losing weight. How does diets work? Like, how does it work? I don't really don't understand. And so that's when I was like, let me just read intuitive Eating again, because Sammy and I read it a long time ago and we were like, (laughs) nah,
2: intuitive (laughs) Eating, you later.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So then I read it and I was like, wait, this makes sense. Like I'm actually, the first chapter is like ditch diets uh, for good or whatever. And that's how I felt. So that's how it started. And dude, it's a journey, but (laughs) Sammy, I think can also speak to a similar story.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the, the wedding, the wedding industry, I want to dive into
2: that because it is just something that is insane. And, and the crazy thing is here's this person that wants to marry you. And then after they, they say they want to spend their life with you. You're like, I have to change. Everything about the way I look,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's really you know what it's really for. It's really for the photos. It's like I need to look the best quote I've ever looked, and because society has uh, conditioned us to believe best is the smallest, that becomes like a massive part of the year that you are willing you're willing to get married. My issue was that like I could not diet anymore. But we, we, Aileen and I did kind of start intuitive eating around the same time, which was like mid, like really committing to it, which was like mid-pandemic. But I got married in like August, so leading up to that, I was like stressing over like I don't want to diet anymore, but shh, maybe I should. If you listen to all those episodes leading up to my wedding, I every other week I'm like, we're intuitive eating. I don't care how I look. I feel so fat. I am not eating it anymore. But I did get to the wedding, and I was not like my thinnest. And then I really struggled with that once I saw the photos and how like my dress fit. And like, I sort of wished that I had been able to diet, but at the time I could not, like I could not get myself to do it because my mind was already like, was no longer convinced because the truth is when you are doing those diets, you need to kind of brainwash yourself, which is the excitement that I think Aileen and I were discussing that we sort of miss like that ease that comes with the diet because you have brainwashed yourself successfully. I couldn't do it once it was time for my wedding. So I was like a little, I wasn't like, I was not my heaviest, but I certainly was not my lightest. So, but after the wedding, I was just like, okay, now we are really doing this intuitive eating. And since then, like, I really feel like I've gone for it and I'm still working on, obviously, (laughs) I'm still working on it it's forever, I guess. <laughs>
2: um, but <laughs> that's yeah. the thing though about intuitive eating is you have to, and Elise Resch, one of the authors of that book, like says herself, it cannot be treated like another diet. If I go on intuitive eating and I don't like the way my body turns out, I'm just going go back to dieting. It has to be a commitment to this lifestyle or else it is going to sneakily become emotional eating. And they are very easy to mix up.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I also looking back on like my dieting history in the past, like few months, I tried to pinpoint like when it became like normal ish to disordered. And I think, I mean, I, I guess it was, I guess it was never it was always normal. It was always it disordered. Was always disordered. <laughs> yeah. But, but I can point out when it became torturous, which was like in the past, probably since we started the podcast, dieting has sort of become really hard. Like it became like stressful, whereas it used to be like disordered, but I didn't feel the, I didn't really get what the problem was.
2: I'm sure you guys are familiar with, you know, the statistic that 95 to 98% of diets end in failure, correct? So you know yes. that none of this is your fault that, and, and Aileen, you gaining the weight back is not your fault. It's because if no you're I doing- know if you're eating less than your body, now, if, like if every day you are actively working to do something different than what your body needs, of course, it's going to go back to how it naturally needs to be.
1: Totally. And that's why a huge part of intuitive eating, like half,
2: maybe
1: 50% of it is body like acceptance or body, like a mental health work. So it's like that. that's half of it because you spent your whole life. That's, the the eating is a is a is an action due to the fact that you do not like how you look so in order for you to change those actions you need to like how you look you need to not want to change it and so that that's like i think maybe not even 50% like it's maybe 75 because that's the challenge every single day it's getting up looking in the mirror and being like i'm good with this rather Ugh, i need to change this And that's still what I'm working on. And I just wanted to say, when you talked about the wedding stuff, like so on point, it's the pictures. I remember being like depressed in periods of my like pre-wedding prep because I would think about like angles of the videos and I'd be like, Fuck, my arms not ready like as if i'm training <laughs> my work. arms not
2: like <laughs> my <what> arms
1: not, <laughs> like i'm not i what what is this you know like i was thinking about like the angle of the video- videographer behind me okay and i was like no
0: <laughs> you, know, you know what's weird <laughs> we must but, do more <laughs> but you know what's weird i actually was like less Maybe it was because the video, I got it like three months after the photos, but the video, I was like much less critical that of myself than I was in the photos. Maybe it's because I'm used to looking at myself much heavier than I was then. So it's like, maybe it was that comparison, but I almost feel like when you have a 3D motion, you can actually get an accurate assessment of what you look like versus like a flat photo. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like I, I'm missing the point here. So,
2: but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But even in this, so much of it is about, oh, the pictures or the video. And I haven't had my wedding, so I, I can't act like I know what that experience was like for you guys. But even when I think about like Instagram pictures, or there was a time in my life where, like, if we were going to a night out or an event, I could not be happy or enjoy the night if I didn't get the gram. Like if I didn't get the picture in my outfit before the night started and I knew I had it for tomorrow or that night, I was visibly distressed and unhappy because I needed the picture. And it's just crazy how the wedding day is like this moment where it's really about the experience. And yet it's become nowadays so much about the pictures. And I thought ahead on like my wedding day, if, if I even want to have Pictures like if if that's gonna take me like of course I want to have like a few post yeah. ones but even if I want that if it's gonna be triggering
0: I don't think it will t- I I think that you probably are like worked through enough that like right. it will not be true. I mean look you might have to work through it but like you should have pictures like you oh, know of
2: course yeah. but you know <laughs> yeah. I just I I have to find a way that I can make sure my wedding is about that ex- the experience of the day not the content which it will kind of become for me just with a life on social media.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. It's
1: it becomes that because it's like the you you acknowledge that it's a day and like the pictures are what lasts and what you want to hold on to. So like that's really how it transits. But I was just thinking about how like you were saying you want to get it like the pictures for you like before you go out. Like we were a little older and we grew up like our pictures were never, I don't remember like scrutinizing on our like mobile uploads on Blackberries or like, oh my gosh. I don't remember, or like, we, people would like take their digital cameras out and like upload like 500 pictures from one night. I don't remember feeling that stressed about those pictures that much though. No,
0: no, no. What you would stress about was untag me in someone else's oh, yeah, bad angle. That you notification know, you made me untag. You forgot
1: you were, so right, quickly. Right. You're right. You're right. It was. It's like it remove was, that
0: photo because I, I like, don't get want that. that off
1: my wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it
0: wasn't. Pictures. It was. It wasn't the same as like. Let me see the picture immediately after you took it. Like you would wait to find out yeah. how bad it was, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then demand that it's taken down. So true. So that's true. hilarious.
2: Yeah. I'm curious. How did your audience react to the both of you making this huge shift? Because a lot of the relatability and the interest came from, oh my gosh, these girls talk about these diets and these body image issues that I have. Did any part of you feel like you weren't allowed to start that growth because of the people that were following you?
0: No, honestly, I kind of feel like if anything, the reason people listened to Diet Starts Tomorrow is not because they were like, oh, let me get like the best wellness tips. Like, let me get all the answers for how to lose weight. I think they were really more in it for like hearing about the stress and like the emotions behind those things. So then once we sort of just shifted the contents of where those emotions were placed, I think, I also think it kind of coincided with a conversation culturally about, The patriarchy and how diet culture is complicit in that. Wellness is a very triggering space in general, so it's not like anyone's going to ever be totally happy. But generally, I think people were like open to it because it's not that we were shifting the content so much as we were shifting the goal of our personal goals.
1: Right. Like in the beginning, what what we what the audience felt like they related to is our sort of fucked up eating disorder habits and that we would like talk about them. And like, we literally said like first episode, I've been on a diet out of the womb. Like that's what we said. And people could relate to that because they would say like, Oh yeah, me too. I've tried every diet under the sun. We would have guests on and I would try every single diet they recommended. And at some point when we were, we were like, so what is the end goal? Like the, the podcast almost made us face our own fate. (laughs) Like you're going to get these really hot bods and then just be like, bye guys. (laughs) Yeah. What's the point of all of this? And it's really like, I think the point was like, let's heal. Maybe, maybe what we've been doing isn't, isn't the right thing to be doing. Maybe let's, let's heal from this. And then we like pivoted kind of in the middle of the pandemic because it was like we need to kind of get together and like show a little compassion towards ourselves and each other, and sure, there's definitely plenty of people like who are still trying to figure out like how to lose weight or be healthy and whatever, and we're not saying like don't eat healthy like that's never what intuitive eating or anything is it's It's really just how to like accept your body and not really go on a diet again but you know, we could still eat a salad. <laughs> We're not
2: always saying you only eat pasta. <laughs> just when you want. That's the thing too is intuitive eating it in- involves many nutritious, awesome, nutrient-dense foods and it's it's not just only, you know, those foods that people usually think when you're breaking or caving a diet. But I did want to ask you guys about the acceptance piece what has that journey been like? What gets you through it? Because accepting your body, you guys look like you're just, both of you have something to say. (laughs) I won't even finish the question. Just take it away.
1: (laughs) I'm too tired. I mean, that is,
2: that's
0: like actually like the heart, that's both the hardest part and the part that no one actually talks about when they talk about intuitive eating. Everyone's like, oh, so you're eating whatever you want. It's like, no, that's like actually like really that is a huge piece of it, neutralizing your relation and stabilizing your relationship with food and stopping restriction. But it doesn't really work if you have the if you don't have the body acceptance piece in place because then you're not going to like have that openness to exploring you know your tastes and your triggers if you're like the only acceptable acceptable result of this is that I lose weight that's the hardest part because we're all like a brainwashed by fat phobia b like probably not like if we've been this weight in the past it has been a weight that we're like we can't be this weight and then like being in the pandemic it's hard because it's not like i have that much social interaction or reasons to wear things or be photographed in ways that might lead me to like freak out so i'm hoping <laughs> <I> <laughs> so agree. yeah so i mean I'm kind of like hoping that by the time I need to be like out in public, I will have improved my, my body acceptance so that I know the triggers will come. I know I'll like be with all our skinny friends and like, oh my God, like I don't look like I will have moments where I'm kind of panicked, but I guess I'm trying to like build up my inner strength and self-love. I hate that word. Just like, this is my body. Everyone can like shut the fuck up about it. The kind of vibe. I guess I'm trying to work on that as, you know, we we enter the world again.
1: <laughs> I was just laughing hysterically because like while I agree with you totally, like I would like to, by the t- but the idea is so funny to like, by the time I have to go like out into society, like a debut time, <laughs> yeah. I want to have healed my <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> entire <laughs> Myself, right. <laughs> but in <laughs> the past, it would have been like by the time I want to go out in society, I hope that I've lost twenty pounds. <laughs> instead, pretty. I'm like instead, yeah. But now, instead, I'm like by the time I go out in society, I want to be okay with what I look like without feeling like any responses I get need to then trigger restriction. That's really my goal. The thing
2: about recovery, though, is it is not a failure to prepare for failure which is interesting, right? Because you're thinking, oh, I hope when I go out into the world, like, you know, I'm, these things come and they're not that hard. And then, and then when the hard thing comes, you're like, oh my God, I didn't recover well enough. I'm not as strong as I thought I was. I can't do this. As opposed to like, if you prepare a little bit for the rocky bumps, like this uh, one person I talked to was recovering from an eating disorder. And, you know, there was like a day, she she was great for three months and then something happened. And she was like, I can't believe I I did this. I ruined everything. And I'm like, no, like your, your whole... Path going forward, there's gonna be days like that, but you get stronger at like bouncing back and internalizing what's happened to be better at the next day.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. I think that it's sort of like like if I'm thinking like I'm just gonna go out in the world and be like, have this like Lizzo vibe of confidence, that is like not the Amy happening. Schumer, I feel pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't see that actually happening. So I'm trying to set myself up for it will be really difficult and I will be upset about, you know, I don't know, maybe someone will look at me like, ooh, she gained weight. Like I'm already like thinking in my head, like that will happen. And if it does, like, where do I file that under in my brain?
2: What do you guys think of body neutrality? Because Sammy, you just said, you're not obsessed with self-love. And I think along with self-acceptance, the pressure to feel body positive, like I love my legs, I love my arms, when you really don't can feel stressful and like, it's never going to come. Are you guys familiar with body neutrality? Have you tried that approach? What do you think of it? That's kind of the approach I'm trying because
0: I think, okay, fat phobia is sort of like the reason for diet culture. The opposite of fat phobia is not thin phobia. It's not like, oh, we must all gain weight. It's like not glorifying one particular type of body or valuing people or yourself on it. So that's really what I'm trying to get to is like, is like, it's not, at important what I look like. It's like, that's not what I have to offer the world because I'm not a supermodel. And if I were a supermodel, then we could talk. But like, I'm not putting myself out there in the world and being like, like, listen to me or care about me because or value me because I am attractive. If I were, we might have a different story, but like, that's not what I'm trying to offer anybody. So that's kind of what I'm trying to like solidify in my head.
1: For, for me, like, I think the definitely accepting is hard. I think neutrality is the first step. But for me, I don't know if I, I want to end it there because I think really the goal, I know, Sam, you're saying you don't like self-love, but like really like loving yourself as a real concept, not like a kitschy phrase is should be not should. I don't like to use that word, but like could be a goal because at least for me, because you know, you spend so much time hating yourself at some point, wouldn't it be nice to love yourself? So like that, that to me is a goal. Like, but I do think that just going from like hating yourself so much that you want to change it all the time or hitting your body to wanting to change it constantly. Like if you want to go on a diet, you clearly want to change your body. You do not like it. Right. So going from that to just all of a sudden being like, fuck yeah, look at me. I love my cellulite like that's so unrealistic that like the neutrality part has to it's like a it's like a way to train yourself you have to get to that first in order to then see the
2: positives
0: well there's also this like idea that like self-love has to be about your body like you can love yourself because you like mm-hmm. I think you know, you I am a really good daughter. I'm not, but like, you know, but um, one could no. be like you know what I mean? I think I think like finding well, someone is. Yeah, someone <laughs> is like, you know, loving yourself for the qualities that like other your friends love you for. Like I don't like any of my friends because of how they look, you know. I exactly. it, and yeah. it's like loving yourself for the reasons that you actually are valuable.
1: So then, maybe it's maybe it's gratitude for your yeah. body instead of love yeah. for your body. I think maybe that's the the change in phrase. Self yeah. body gratitude.
0: <laughs> yeah, like it works. You're pointing a it, new term it, it, Shoot from point A to point B. If you are not too lazy to walk somewhere like me.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and all this stuff is so true, and like on everyone's individual journey, they're gonna if they are willing to figure out what recipe for lack of a better term works best for them to get to a place where they feel healthy with their relationship with food and how they feel about their appearance yeah I, I just so much there's so much
0: emphasis that's been placed on our appearances and our bodies and it's like why is there not so much i think about you know something something that's been on my mind a lot lately is like okay Women think, imagine if all the time that women spent like memorizing the calories and things and figuring out like how they're going to get to X pounds and X time and like get thin before their vacation and like, should I try cool sculpting and like all these things that you, we all spend so much fucking time on. Imagine if, and then I, and then contrasting with that, women looking at like their own finances and like the lack of understanding around money and how to like grow your wealth and like what is investing and how do I budget? I really, if you think about all that time that's spent that women are thinking about their weight, if they thought about how to grow their money and, you know, just various things like that, like how to grow themselves in another way. I'm using money because it is quantifiable similarly to how weight is.
2: If that time were just based somewhere else, like that would benefit all of us coming out of diet culture to realize that there's this huge issue where all these certain body types are being oppressed and there's this privilege that comes with these other bodies and that this is only, well, this is mainly a thing that is being pressed on females. You get angry and then you feel like there's something to fight for. And that like in not dieting, you're rebelling against this horrible movement designed to profit off our insecurities. And you're like linking arms with the people on your left and right, which I think is another way you could, a person could get into this realm of recovery and feel confident and empowered by it. Even if the self-love is hard,
0: that anger is really what propels me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm thinking of how large The platform is you guys have built, which, first of all, congratulations as boss ladies. Like you guys built a freaking empire. Knowing that so many women follow betches and diet starts tomorrow and a lot of the content and media that's under your umbrella. Do you feel a lot of responsibility for the memes you guys decide to repost? Not that there's anything bad, but I'm just saying, is that now on your agenda? Like, let's be careful for the words and the programming and the images we use because Previously, this stuff was toxic.
1: hundred percent. Like there was even a conversation like let's let's only if we're sticking to like only like diet culture, like there was a period of time when we were always like posting about being skinny or like workouts and like all of that stuff. And then we were like, okay, if this is the direction of diet starts tomorrow, this needs to be the direction of everything that we put out, because if this is our belief, we shouldn't constantly be in this like race to get who's going to get skinnier first then like we should make sure that that messaging aligns and so we sent that to our content creators and um we stopped for the most part i mean there might be some exceptions sometimes accidentally you know things happen but for the most
2: part we try to do our best to really share that message and that is such a big decision like for the listeners people listening i want them to understand how you guys have just hundreds of thousands, millions of people who follow Betches and all the various accounts under that umbrella. And you decided to sacrifice given likes, shares, engagement, like lots of likes, shares, engagement for your morals. And you don't see that a lot with these big, big organizations. So just, I mean, kudos to you guys, because that email, that call to your team to say, we're not going to be posting memes about the Cabo diet body. Like you're sacrificing if you look from a business lens, like you're sacrificing lots of engagement to your page and probably the most relatable content for a pocket of your followers. So I just hope people listening understand like how freaking awesome it is that you guys did that. Thank you. (laughs) I love you guys for that. (laughs) I mean, I I
0: think there's always a sacrifice when you decide, make a decision like that. You will lose people. But I also feel like in that process, you also gain people. Mm -hmm. Not that that's why you should do it. But I think that, yes, it may be in the short term, you will lose some people. But I feel like long term you have to do what you really like believe and the people who are with that will find you or maybe you could even change someone's mind. There is also that possibility. So yeah it is it is a tough decision but I I think it's really like with anything people's perspectives change and you know you have to kind of stay true to yourself. The same goes for a business as it does for an individual.
2: I love that. I love that. So freaking cool. Do you have any last words for anyone like on the cusp of making the decision? Should, like, should I throw away diets forever? Like they're about to turn this podcast off. Like, do I take the leap from what I know and what's never worked despite it never working for me? What would you say to them?
0: When you're ready.
2: <laughs> when you're
0: ready. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I don't. Yeah,
2: yeah I, agree. I think
0: I think people think about dieting sort of like someone who is getting sober or having a sober recovery. It's not going to work until they're ready. Like you can't make someone do it. It has to, and and you can work towards getting it to click for you. But it's not going to happen until it's going to happen. Not to discourage anybody, but um, if it's not working for you, don't beat yourself up either.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like like I w- I talked about earlier. Like Sammy and I read Intuitive Eating. We did a whole episode where we went over every single chapter a while ago and we both said, we're not ready for this. Like this is, this is too radical, sorry, 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 too (laughs) crazy for us right now. Like I can't even imagine, you know, we have to be losing weight. Like what else are we put on this worth for, right? So then, and then we got to a place where, as I mentioned, I hit some sort of rock bottom or this like wall where like you can't unsee what you saw or you can't unfeel what you felt. So that, that point you're ready. So if somebody's still teetering, that's okay. Keep teetering, explore, read, maybe, you know, you could know you don't have to stop counting
2: calories <laughs> until yeah. you really feel like you have to. I love that. That is like just the sweetest piece of advice. And, you know, I never want, and I'm sure a lot of people in this space of intuitive eating never want anyone who's dieting to feel like they're bad or, or, or whatnot, because we have compassion. Like we are like, yo, we've been there. We know how you're there and it's not your fault at all. And I just love that advice. I don't know what I was thinking. You guys would have, I thought you were going to say something like it's never going to work. Stop counting calories. But this was just so much better advice.
1: No, I mean, the same. it's like everybody's different. Like there's plenty of people where like counting calories works for them and they don't have like the same relationship with food or dieting as we might. Right. Mm-hmm. Like everybody comes from a different place. And like the only way we can all like be together, work together is having compassion for each other's like journeys or struggles. So no one, no one is doing anything bad. You know, it's just, it's food. Yeah.
2: yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. Thank you both so much. Sammy, Aileen, you guys are awesome. And I just had the best time chatting with you. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RealPod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of RealPod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or a review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week, seeing behind the scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real.